Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me always, Mr. Blake Harrison. How are you today, mate? I'm all right. I'm all right. I've I've not had a huge amount of sleep. You sure? Yeah. You don't sound all right. No. You sound concerned. It was concern in your voice there, mate. No, 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 no. I'm okay. I uh, I had a late night. I I think that this is how pathetic I am. I had a a little drink last night, and I was on the uh, the vodka and Coke zeros. And uh, I Ooh, think late, a bit of late night caffeine for me does me no good. I yeah. ended up watching basically all the prelims, bar, uh, Gastelum. Uh, Curtis when I got home uh, and my wife had been asleep for like an hour and a bit or whatever and I was like I've got to turn this off now because you know I need to go to sleep took yeah. me ages to then get to sleep and then mm. I woke up about two and a half hours later just buzzing up well I had a little bit of a nightmare mate because I, I'd watched The Last of Us recently and I had a zombie nightmare and it, it did, did me no oh, good Jesus I had a zombie Christ. nightmare and uh, and then you, you about told five to six, that... I was awake. I was like, "No, oh, this is this is it now." You've told me shows it. like that freak you out. Oh, yeah, they do freak me out. Yeah, <laughs> well, don't watch them then, you knobhead. <laughs> no, I know I shouldn't watch them, but I heard it was really right. really good, and I think it, it was like there was one or two episodes in particular that were really really good. But yeah. is it worth me having sleepless nights over? Probably not, but it's happened now. I did it, and uh, and that's what's going on. So yeah, that yeah, that was my yeah. that was my evening. So I got up at about five to six and ended up watching uh, the rest of the fights. How about you? How did you watch mm. the fights? I turned. It's quite weird you say that. I turned my TV on at five to six this morning. Oh really? Like, like literally woke up at quarter to six, laid in bed, and uh, me, me me dog was getting a bit fidgety, and uh, and I thought. Oh, he wants to get up. And then I thought, he don't really want to get up, but I'm going to use that as an excuse for me to get up because I really, really... And I like to watch the fights before anyone else in my house gets up. Yeah. So I quite like to just yeah. have like a couple of hours to myself, just like with a couple of cups of coffee, just uh, I- I enjoying it. And and that's exactly what I've done. And uh, oh, my life. Uh, so much to talk about today, mate. Um, one of the things I should say is I've... I've watched that, and then I've just um, jumped on with a bank holiday chores. You've watched quite a bit or some of the post-fight stuff, right? I've watched Dana White's press conference, and I started watching Izzy, but I only got a couple of minutes in before we had to start this. So, um, Okay. So, yeah, I, but the thing that I think we could start with, actually, which was in the Dana Fight press conference, not to do with UFC 287, but someone asked him about the rumours of the July card in London. And Dana mm-hmm. White has confirmed that they are trying to do a card in London in July. I think that is likely. He said they're scheduled to have a fight night, but he is working on making it a pay-per-view. So the obvious thing would be Leon v. Colby, which we all know, uh, mm. pay-per-view in London at the O2, I'd imagine, in July. So mm. that's not confirmed yet, but it is like Dana White has confirmed that he is trying to get that done and trying to make that work. 
So that is is really good news for uh, for UK fight fans. We could get yet another pay per view on UK soil. Leon Edwards flying the flag against Colby Covington. Yes, please. Yeah. So there you go. Nice. A little bit of tip, bit of info nice. for you there. I mean, I, I expected Thank more you. of a reaction from you there, Stu. Just yes, please. And, uh, <laughs> Do you know not, what? Right. Stu's not a like... He's just desensitised to all these pay per views in the UK now. He's been to one. He's been to them all. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's not that right. It's I can't wait. To, you know, whenever the UFC comes to to the UK, it's, it's absolutely fucking amazing, uh, and I, I can't wait for it to to come back in July. But I don't want to watch Leon versus Colby. Um, it's not a fight that excites me. I will, it's a fight that sometimes worries me. I will take Leon v Colby if it means it's happening in London as opposed yeah, to like no. Leon versus anyone else anywhere else in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Or UK, I should say, rather than London. I'll travel. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But to be fair, and we'll get on to this, what happened in last night's fight didn't make me think there's really another option that they were going to use. There's the obvious option of Bilal Muhammad and all that stuff, but he was never going to get the shot. It was going to be Colby or Masvidal slash Burns. And I don't think yeah. enough happened in that fight. We know Burns is one to, that, that really changes anything. You're right there, mate. You're sending a little selfie to yourself. Yeah. You realise you're on camera, yeah? You, you know you're on camera? Yeah, I know. To anyone that's just listening just... to this, Stu just pulled his phone up and was like almost taking a selfie. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> my eyes swollen up. I like, literally, I'm sure, I don't know if uh, if my missus punched me in the night. I don't know. But my eyes starting to swell up. That's quite strange. Anyway. Anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> we've Let's get on track, shall we? Yes. UFC 287, yes. Israel... The last style bender Adesanya absolutely KOs Alex Pereira. I mean, I don't think many people saw it going down the way it did. I think there were people, I mean, Israel was the favorite. There were people saying Mm -hmm. that Israel could KO him. You thought that Israel would, would tire him out with some wrestling and then finish him. I don't think anyone thought it would be a second round KO, sort of almost a one punch knockout. I know he did land a couple of strikes, but it, it mm. was almost like one shot and he was just like on his way out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to moan about Rogan and DC throughout this whole episode. Oh, okay. Um, um, that was the greatest knockout in the history. <laughs> of the year. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was, it was, it was good. And obviously, the gravitas of the situation made it more exciting. Yeah, I think that's what it, it was. It wasn't the greatest knockout no. uh, in, in, in the history of the UFC. Um, it, was a fa- it was fantastic. And with the storyline uh, Was it more fantastic it, because it was slightly unexpected? It was more fantastic because of the storyline. It was more fantastic because... Sure. Um, and I'm not, I'm not agreeing with them, by the way. I, I, I yeah. hear your point. But I think I, I sympathise with it, especially being live and in the moment, because Israel's lost to him three times. Two of those yeah. times he was KO'd. One of them, he was like absolutely dead to the world, knocked out in that second uh-huh. kickboxing fight. For him to KO Alex Pereira in the manner that he did, I think mm. was quite special. And again, he's doing it to an elite level kickboxer as well. The person that's probably the closest match to him we've seen in MMA when it comes to striking, uh, uh, at least that he's for anyway. So, yeah, I think um, I think it was pretty spectacular. However, I think maybe they were a little bit wrapped up in the moment. And I think that it was more the storyline behind it that made it so fantastic. Yeah. I mean... Give me, if I want to just scroll through Instagram and see something come up a bunch of times, give me Joaquin Buckley ninja kicking the shit out of Impa Kasanyai any day of the week. That That is one of the greatest. Not, Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren, that is one of the greatest mm. knockouts. Not, uh, not that. But, I mean, it was special and it was unexpected. And, yeah, it was pretty phenomenal. Celebration 
celebration with the the, the arrows was fantastic. Oh, God. I just thought that was just hilarious. But well, I just just because I, I have just heard seen the press conference. I don't know what I think. I don't know if he said anything specific about the arrows. But did you see him walking back to his corner and flop down on the ground? He'd done that to uh, Pereira's boy, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's really weird because I've seen them chatting backstage, and it all looked very respectful. It was, and he said and, it was, yeah. And and but I did see him say that when uh, when uh, Pereira done it to Izzy, his boy laid down there, and uh, and he was just like, yeah, if you don't whip his ass, I will. Yeah, and then that's why he done it. Ooh. And I thought, well, that's um, well, that's going to get things going again, isn't it? That and, uh, yeah. If that, if any of it's going to make Alex, because Dana White said that Alex Pereira is probably going to move up to two hundred five. He said that I don't have any saying. I don't get. But he said he knows that the weight cut's bad for Pereira, and he said that Pereira had a couple of pounds to cut with just an hour to go at the weigh-ins. Mm. So he's got to move up to two hundred five at some point. He's thirty-five. The weight cuts aren't getting easier. Um, but if anything's going to make you want to do that weight cut again. It's yeah. someone saying that about your kid. <laughs> so yeah. uh, who yeah. knows what, what, what we've got in store. One of the things I really liked about Aries, he thought this, and, and at certain times, you know, if he did get sort of clipped or something like that, he was back on the back foot again. But he was doing way more forward pressure in this fight. Oh, yeah. And he was, you know, and you could tell he was not, you know, he did not want to be up against that cage. And he was sort of, controlling the, the octagon really well. And I thought that was a, a, a significant change. And, uh, it was. And, and I thought Pereira looked... It was, oh. but yet the reverse is what happened that led to the knockout. Uh, true, it's true. Because like, I was thinking to myself, is that first round and all that, I was like, oh, is he's doing what he should be doing? He's not accepting mm. being on the back foot. He's not going to dance and skirt around the edge of the cage, which because mm. you can't do that for 25 minutes against Alex Pereira. He will find a way to get you if you're just sticking mm. and moving all the time. Um, so the fact that he was pressuring forward and actually going for it a bit, um, r- r- that, that really struck me as like, oh, I think this game plan is a much better game yeah. plan. You could get hit, but it's kind of a get or get got situation. But funnily enough, it's when Pereira started having success and when he backed him up against the cage that he landed a couple of big body shots and a knee, but hands down was going for his left hook and Adesanya just came over that huge right hand and just starched him and he was just like frozen yeah. there, hunched over for a second and then he caught him with another shot and another and and that was it. And then a hammer he fist was when he was, he was out. It was another hammer fist when he was already well out, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, everything you'd want, you know, from from a headline fight. It was it absolutely delivered everything you want: the drama, the finish, you know. And then it, from what it sounds like, the the post fight as well. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's what I think. It's all the stuff that you fell in love with, Izzy, at the beginning that we see disappear a little bit in some of the sort of latter fights before the first um, Pereira UFC fight. And uh, he just. It, just the way that he carried himself in this fight, he looked far more. He looked. He looked pissed. He looked fierce. Yeah. Like and uh, and he just looked like a man that had something to prove. And boy, did he prove it! Absolutely, yeah. I mean, leading up to the fight, I was starting to think to myself: Is this? Is there a bit of false bravado going on? Like the weird dog collar thing and all of that. And I mean, mm. yeah, sure, you like. I, I don't really watch a lot of those kind of like kung fu movies and all that stuff, and that's just not my thing that I watch. Um, but it was a reference to uh, a, a, I don't know if it was like a Jet Li movie or, or something like that, where right. he's like some assassiny guy. He's wearing the dog collar, and as soon as the dog collar's off, this guy goes and smashes people. Um, yeah. So he was doing all of that. He even wore it walking down to the cage and all that stuff. It wasn't really my kind of thing, and I think the whole dog off. I like it. Really? See, I felt. I think. I, I, I mean, it's, like it's a load of old bollocks, but, yeah. but I like the theatrics. I, no, you know, he's still got one of the greatest walkouts of all time. Yeah, but you know? that was uh, fucking cool. <laughs> like he did some yeah. awesome. But dancing. I think if you're a challenger, you can't risk it doing that kind of charismatic walkout. I think no. next time maybe we see something a bit more flamboyant. But I think this was like. 
strictly business this one until he got the until he got the finish. I don't know what it was about it that made it feel a little bit corny to me. But like the Undertaker walkout, I thought was just fun when he did that. Yeah. The the Robert Whittaker dancing was. I think that's the best walkout, man. That, that was yeah. absolutely unbelievable. I love it. What a showman. That was absolutely yeah. fantastic. The whole like thing he did in the cage with the Whitaker fight with the Death Note thing, again, an anime reference I don't really know, but I'm aware of it now. Writing the name sure. down in that. Like, really cool. All awesome. The dog collar just didn't do it for me. It's like the dog's going to be let off yeah. the leash. That was it. the least least aggressive and yeah. fierce dog noise I've ever heard. Well, my dog collar would be like Chihuahua. He's got like Rottweiler vibes. I'm like more. I'm more like. Um, but uh, but yeah, but, um, yeah. I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't get me. But the performance. Yeah. Wow. And the, yeah. and the, I mean, I need to catch up on a lot more of what he said. I only got a few minutes into his his post fight presser. Well, but yeah, yeah. Man. I don't want to get this wrong. Go on. But I did hear uh, a, a little interview with him on, on, on Instagram from that press conference, and he, from from what I gather, he didn't name any names, right. but he said there's there's someone that he's, he's gunning for, and uh, and he wants to do it in South Africa uh, or Nigeria. Well, and. Uh, it's got to be Dricker's. If he's it? saying South Africa, why else? Who else could it possibly Obviously, be? Why would Dricker you go to... said some interesting and controversial stuff? Yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah, I wasn't paying a huge amount of attention to certain things that he said, but I think he, he's effectively saying that was it like he's a true, he's the true African or something like. That? I don't know if he was. I'm not sure. I don't know if he was. It was. Putting, it was. I think the way it's come across. I don't know if the way it's come across is that I think because Israel moved from Nigeria to New Zealand and because Kamaru moved from Nigeria to America, that he's the guy that stayed in Africa. He's the true African, according to him. Um, And I think a lot of people. That's just going to ruffle feathers. Yeah, a lot of people have taken exception to that and probably rightfully so. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of it that I. I'm not aware of and, and haven't heard. Yeah. But I think that to, to question, Izzy seems very, very proud of his Nigerian heritage. So to question his uh, Africanness, I, I, I guess is, is what Drikus is doing there and, and questioning his uh, connection to his birthland. Um, sure. That, that's, as you say, that's definitely going to piss someone like Izzy off. Yeah. So uh, it, it I mean, must be him that he's talking about, and stylistically, a pretty darn easy fight for Izzy. I, I would say that's I mean, a very easy night's work for Izzy. Drikus doesn't have the striking quality to get to Izzy, I don't think, and he gasses out after a round. Oh my so, god! So I mean, yeah. heart of a lion. You know, like he keeps going and keeps going, even though he's clearly very, very Drikus five rounds. <laughs> yeah, all right. No, I, I think Izzy would do him probably in the second. I, I can't yeah. see anything better than that. But who knows? But has Drickus earned a title shot? I don't think so. That win over Derek Brunson no. wasn't great. Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I think um, moving up to 205, you know, I know you said that Dana touched on it, but I think we've already spoke about it on previous episodes. It makes sense. There's, there's a, a storyline there. You know, yeah, Pereira, sorry, yeah. There's, there's a storyline there, um, obviously, with... Um, uh, Jamal, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm 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 up for it. I I, I think you know he's a, a terrifying uh, human being, Alex Pereira, and if he moves up to to, to light heavyweight, I'm very interested to see what he can do there. Um, who, does he, who does he take in his first? Like, so Dana basically said that yeah, he th- he thinks Pereira would move up to to two o five because the the weight cut's so difficult. Um, so. I reckon he could get a top five guy straight away. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, definitely. Who who does Pereira take on? Because at the moment you've got Jamal Hill. Looks like they're trying to make the fight with Yuri Prohashka, but I don't know how Prohashka's um, doing with his... Mm-hmm. 
Shoulder. Uh, shoulder injury, yeah, so I don't I don't really yeah. know. Magomed Ankalaev and Jan Blahovic fought to that draw before that was for the belt and didn't quite work out. I don't know if they're going to try and remake that fight or not. Alexander Rakic, I don't know when he's back from injury. I don't know if he's got a fight lined up. And Anthony Smith is taking on Johnny Walker very, very soon, I think. So um, let me just try and see about Rakic. I, I, th- I think... I think give him Ankalaev. Oh. I think Ankalaev would uh, would would be a very uh, interesting fight. I think it's a very obviously definitive uh, definite sort of clash of styles there. I don't like it. Yeah. Nah. Why's that? Oh, just stylistically, I think it's a boring fight, and I think there's way more fun fights you could have with Alex Pereira. Mm. Like Alex Pereira yeah, versus but d- does he deserve d- d- does he deserve fun fights that are just tailored towards his it's style? It's not about to what he deserves. The... It's about what I deserve. Me, <sighs> the fans, we deserve a fun fight. No, I know. I don't want to see mean, Ankalaev because you know... Ankalaev, I think, will just bully him over onto the ground and probably yeah. lay on him for three rounds. Yeah. and that is it. But. If you but did... R- Rakic is the fight. Rakic is the fight. Well, you know, I'd love I to see know that. When, I, I don't I, know I, when Rakic is coming back. Um, yeah. He, he, uh, he had that bad injury against Blahovic uh, with his yeah. leg. So I don't know when he's coming back. I mean, part of me thinks, don't do Ankalaev Blahovic again. Dana White found that fight really boring. You could... I mean, I'd be happy for them to redo it. I have no problem with that. Ankalaev won that fight, mate. Well... Yeah, I mean, re-watching it, those leg kicks were nasty from Blahovic, And yeah. I think he did better than what... I think I did score it for Ankalaev. You're right. Yeah, I did score it for Ankalaev. But it wasn't a robbery or a walkover. Or anything yeah. like. I do I do think that it was probably 3-2 to two in favour of Ankalaev from what I vaguely remember. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. But I, I think doing Pereira versus Blahovic, and Blahovic can take you down. He's not as good as Ankalaev at it, I don't think, but he can certainly do that. Look what he did to Adesanya. Um, yeah. But he can do that. But I mean, the thought of Pereira versus Prahashka or Pereira yeah. versus Jamal Hill, that gets, or Johnny Walker even maybe. If Johnny Walker beats yeah. Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker's fifth. Johnny Walker versus Alex Pereira is such a fun yeah. fight. Sign me up for that all day long. Okay, okay. Uh, right, should we move on to uh, to Burns and Jorge? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Um, I thought it was a pretty unexciting fight. It didn't... It didn't I, I, I thought you was looking at a fighter that was ready to retire. Um, you was looking at a fighter that was... Didn't really have many answers. Didn't really at any given point look like he was going to trouble Burns. Um, Burns, yeah, he, you know, he, he controlled a lot, uh, you know, a uh, uh, Jorge quite a lot, but also seemed quite happy to to to, to fight like uh, to box with him. Um, I just thought there's a obviously there's so much hype around Masvidal, but how many losses is that on the balance now? It's a few, isn't it? And mm. and maybe four, four, two to yeah. Kamaru, one to Colby, one to Burns. Yeah, like just, just, just didn't think he was very good. Um, well, um, look, I think Gilbert Burns. He, I've discredited Gilbert Burns in the past, and I think actually he is. I've changed my mind on that a fair bit. I do think he's got better and better. Um, his footwork was incredible. Last yeah, he's, I think his striking is massively improved. I think he definitely does hit hard as well. Um, I think whenever a fighter talks about retiring, it's 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 never it's never great because I think Dana White says it all the time. If you've got one foot out the door, you shouldn't be in this business. It's you know, yeah, it's not good for you. It's dangerous for you. Um, and I think my opinion on this fight changed midweek when. I heard the comments of Masvidal saying, oh, if I don't win this fight, I'm going to retire. As soon as he said that, I went, uh, he's, yeah. I think he's done then. He's, he's not going to win this fight. Because actually, on paper, like, like Burns was a big favourite, and I think he won every round of the fight. But Masvidal's actually really good defensively. Like He was able to survive on the ground. I mean, he, he, 
he wasn't able to win anything on the ground, which is very important, but he was able to survive on the ground and he landed a few strikes, but I think Burns was just better. And I think as the fight went on as well, Masvidal being 38, all that stuff, I think Burns just, you know, his cardio was way better. He was able to continue the pressure forward, landing some good strikes toward the end. I mean, Masvidal's chin, I mean... He's only been knocked out the once, wasn't it? And that was to uh, to Kamaru in their Kamaru. second fight, mm. which was a brutal knockout. But mm. um, but it looks like his chin held up pretty well because I reckon Burns hits really bloody hard as well. Burns was catching him quite a few mm. times, and Muswell was just doing that smile tongue out thing. But yeah, again, I think when you I, don't do that unless that hurt you. Yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> but but he took it, you know, and he seemed fine afterwards. And yeah. that. I mean, what an amazing career! I mean, he's done now. He's done. He's Do got you know his boxing promotion. But for someone that has got a record, what well, I mean, I'd have to pull up his record, but it's something like 50-odd fights. And I think... You know, 35 and 17. 35 and 17. So what's that? Like over a third of his fights is lost? Is that, mm. is that right? I mean, something like that. Um he got his star quality very late in his career, didn't he? Massively you know, late. He, but, the journeyman Masvidal was was what everyone was calling yeah. him. And in a sense, they were they were right, but he just struck gold. He he knocked out Darren Till in spectacular fashion in enemy territory. I mean, I was nigh on front row for it, and it was mm. you could hear a pin drop when Masvidal did that. And I don't think Till respected his power enough. And I think mm. that um uh, Masvidal took huge advantage of that, and uh, and then lightning in a bottle, the 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 flying knee to Ben Askren. I mean, Ben Askren must watch that and go, "What the fuck was I doing?" Like, I think mm. he's mentioned that with the takedown, his head was on the wrong side. All these things, but the fact that Masvidal had been drilling it, you saw training footage of him doing that flying knee and all that lightning in a bottle. Mm. Will that ever be beaten? The fastest ever KO in UFC history? Five seconds? That's a tough beat. Flying knee as well. Flying knee. <laughs> Amazing. But it's got to be something mental, isn't it? To, like, if you're just bouncing to the cage like that and then you land, about, like, like, the five seconds is probably mm. gone. He jogged. <laughs> he ran across yeah. the octagon. And after doing that casual hands behind his back, leaning against I the love octagon, that. I love that. And then he just like... I love it. Done it last night. Oh. I love it. A couple of steps to the side and then sprint, bang. Like, how is that going to be? Unless someone just comes out and does... Was it Fabrizio Verdum to Travis Brown where he just ran across the cage and fly-kicked him? And that's heavyweight. He's flying kicked <laughs> he just him, fly yeah. Kicked him. yeah. Like, unless someone does that and it actually knocks someone out, I don't see how that gets beat, that five-second KO. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, I mean, down in the history I... books, isn't he? And, and the money he's made off of it, the BMF fight with Nate Diaz, all that stuff... Was this guy ever going to get title shots before all this stuff happened? The Ben Askren? Probably not, no. But they, no. they put him into him because they were like, well, look at him. He's a star. The backstory of the, you know, of the backyard brawls and stuff like that. He's all, he's all very good at marketing him. And, and he looks like a, an absolute, you know, Miami gangster. Then he in his, in his shirts and he's, you know, his hair and he just, he, you know, he, he, he's so marketable. Um, and yeah, and he, 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 he talks good. He talks good trash. And yeah, I mean, it felt like there was, you know, quite a lot of, sort of more respect going into this one. But like you say, if he's already got it in his back, back of his mind that, you know, if this is it, then I'm done. Then, you know, the writing is on the wall, I think. Um, but yeah, um, I don't really want to touch on his, um, his speech oh, afterwards. God. Uh, like, what did he say? I just Trump's don't... the best president in history. I'm like, yeah. didn't Abraham Lincoln, like literally like, End slavery. <laughs> yeah. Abraham Lincoln ends slavery, but oh yeah, Trump clearly must be the best president yeah. ever. Uh, I just find all that a little bit disappointing. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> Miami seems to be that town, I guess. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Look, man, your political leanings, your political leanings. There's some things that's just objectively not true and an objective. Yeah. Fiction is that Trump is the yeah. best president in US history. Absolutely, um, load of old. So shit. yeah, so not on board with that. But whatever, yeah. he's got his boxing promotion, which apparently did pretty well the other night. Had some fun. I mean, he had it. some names on that. Yeah, had some huge names on that. So, so you know, if he can keep up that level of competition uh, and and you know match fights like he did, then 
yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's going to have success. As he said in the thing, I'm a multi-millionaire now from this sport. So, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Let's talk about a really exciting fight now. Hang on. Hang uh, on. We've, which... we've done a disservice to Gilbert Burns there. We have. We've sorry. We haven't done what's... Uh... Uh, so, Gilbert Burns... Called he, out the winner he, of Colby. He called out the winner of Colby Leon. Has he done enough to confirm that he's the next guy up? I think so. All right. Hypothetical then. Let's say Bilal Muhammad in two, three months' time goes and beats either Kamaru Usman, who he mentioned wanting to fight, or, mm. as unlikely as it might be, Shavkat Rachmanov. Does Gilbert Burns deserve the shot over Bilal Muhammad when Bilal Muhammad is on a longer win streak and he would have last beaten either Kamaru or Shavkat? Because Jorge weren't even top 10, was he? Was he was so, ranked 11th. Yeah. And before that, Burns so, uh, beat Magni, uh, which was a very good win. But Maybe. I see what you're saying there. I see what you're saying. Um, and when you look at who Bilal's beaten... Yeah, I mean, undefeated Sean Brady. And I know people don't give Sean Brady the kind of like the name value mm. that other people have, but he was undefeated, man. He was tearing through the division. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to see some terrifying stuff coming from Shavkat as as, as the rest mm-hmm. of this year unfolds. I think that, that guy's a problem. Um, I, I think the winner of Colby Leon are both good fights for Gilbert Burns. Do you, you reckon... Shavkat. Yeah. I, I, I think I think he can he can definitely grapple a uh, high level with Colby. Um, and I think his grappling maybe isn't as good as Kamaru's, but uh, I, I I think, he, you know, it'd be a problematic fight. I, I, I probably think Burns-Colby is a more for, fun fight because I think Colby won't want to take Burns down because he's so good on the ground. And Burns yeah. won't be able to take Colby down because Colby's a, a better is he a wrestler. Black belt third, third degree third black belt in jujitsu. Uh, Jesus uh, Christ, Gilbert Burns. Uh, so no one's going to want to go to the ground with Gilbert Burns. It's a bit like a Charles Oliveira factor. Mm. Um, but Burns won't be able to take Colby down. So Colby Burns will just be a weird, scrappy boxing match. Yeah, uh, which would be quite fun. Obviously, I'm hoping it doesn't happen because I want Leon to to be the champ. I think yeah. Leon would outstrike Burns. The power, I think, 100%. would maybe be in Burns' favour. So he'd have to. Leon would have to be careful. But I think Leon outstrikes Burns easily. And I think, I think he should be able to keep it on the feet as well because Burns' takedowns aren't as good as Kamaru's. So, and if yeah. he's also just prepared for Colby as well and beaten Colby and stopped him taking him down, I can't see Burns being able to take it down. The only problem is... If Leon made a mistake and it did hit the ground, Leon's defense has got to be on point because Burns is, yeah. is lethal with, with the jiu-jitsu. Um, the other thing before we move on to, to Font Yanez, did you see the... Um, and I've noticed this a little bit before, but it really got me this time. Did you see how Burns was saying to, to Masvidal, like, oh, yeah, you, you can of monster energy drink. Don't forget that. And then they both did a thing of drinking it, but it's... it's Invisible drinks. It's so clearly empty. Both cans yeah. are so clearly empty, but they both do yeah. a little drink of it. There must be an underlying sponsorship commission thing of like... Oh, oh, of course. If you're holding your Monster Energy can, you'll get an extra grand. If you do a sip from it, you'll get an extra two or three grand or something like that. There yeah. must be something like that going on behind the scenes. 100%. Like was, I thought that was weird. With the fact him, he... Grab your monster can. <laughs> yeah, and then they both just took them pretend, pretend gulps of nothing. <laughs> it was weird, <laughs> wasn't it? Well, remember, I completely forgot about that. Did you mention so that? Weird. Yeah, that's odd, could man. We please, could someone please tell me what the pretend sips are about of the Monster Energy yeah. drink? I need to get to the bottom of this. It must be monetary. It has to be. What else could it possibly 100%. be? But I just now I need to know officially what's the deal with the pretend drinking and maybe that's something the next guest we have on the show maybe that's something we need to ask them but maybe they won't be able to Definitely. give it away the pretend sips it needs to be uh, needs to be looked at it's a mystery of our generation um, yeah so uh, yeah Font and Yanez woo banger insane so good I bloody love Rob Font <laughs> Yeah, man. I just think he just—he seems like such a dude as well. Like, and yeah, I, I, obviously, uh, 
looked so thrilled to just to get a win and and again to take on I think he said that who is it that gave him an opportunity when he was unranked to, to I can't think who it was uh, and uh, was it Neil Magnet? No, no very who different division no. um, who was it who, who was it who said that um, it wasn't like Aldo or something was it um, I can't remember who it was, but he said he gave him a, you know, gave him a, a, yeah, a, I know a shot, mean, and he, yeah. he wanted to sort of pay that back, and I think that's that's wonderful, and uh, and yeah, and you know, Yan is, you know, such an exciting fire, and it it looked like a war, even though it was finished at uh, two minutes fifty seven of the first round, like it was. Insane, like Rob Font looked like he'd been in a in a five rounder. Oh. Um Yanez hits hard, and, and he got good crisp boxing. Yeah, yeah, and Rob Font's sort of winding hook uppercut like in the clinch like a, when it kind know. of pulled him into yeah. it, and he did it just before, and I don't think it quite landed. And then he did yeah. it again a few seconds later, and it connected big time. And from that moment, Yanez was just on wobbly legs, couldn't quite recover. Yeah, uh, brilliant! Like I, one of the best boxers in 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 the UFC, Rob Font. I think his boxing is, is phenomenal, and uh, I'm throwing a shot like that from where he was as well, and to to, to get that, um, yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's what's next for Rob Font. Um, well, let's play the game. You know, he's uh, what? Is, let's play uh, the okay. game. I want a little game show theme tune now. See, if we were good at all this stuff, we'd be like, what's next for Rob Font? Um, What is next for Rob Font? (laughs) I reckon. Oh, well, he's got a fight above him in the rankings, I think. Yeah. Right. I ain't got the rankings up yet. Peter Yeah, I mean. What a fight that would be. That ain't going to the grand. Well, Jan could if he wanted to get his trips out and all that stuff, but... And maybe it would be sensible for him to try that. But Rob Font versus Petter Jan. Yes, please. Sign me up all day long. That would be a cracker. I'll tell you what, Arison. That's you know, the next fight. And Jan's That's going to happen, like, what, is, he, is he on like a... We discussed it before, didn't he? Like Petter Jan. Two or th- two, is it two or three now? Or, or like he's was, yeah. lost, lost three of his last four or something like that? Um, that's that's the fight. That's the fight right that's there. A great yeah, I think fight, that's gonna that happen. That is a really yeah, cracking fight. How exciting! Um, Both super. super oh god, he's on a know, three fight boxes. losing streak. Petter Jan, yeah, with the Marav. I forgot mm. about the Marav fight. Yeah, that's the fight. What a great fight that would be. Good for Petter Jan if he gets the win back. Good for him. Yeah. Rob Font would leap up in the rankings. Fight a former champion. That would be really great. And I just think again, from a fan's perspective as a spectator. That would be absolutely fantastic. I'd love to see that fight. Um, yeah. Adrian Yanez, I mean, I feel for him. I felt like he was winning some of the early exchanges and he had the power advantage over Font, I felt, until he landed that uppercut. And then Font just, yeah. just chased him and, and landed some just fan, fantastic crisp hands. Really yeah. good. Um, absolutely. Adrian Yanez now probably should fight behind him in the rankings. He may have to fight an unranked guy because he's ranked 12th, or he might have to fight someone like a Saeed Nurmagomedov if he doesn't have a, a fight book. I do like Saeed Nurmagomedov. I think he's very good. Um, but he he's coming off a loss as well, actually, Saeed Nurmagomedov. So maybe he wouldn't be fighting above himself in the rankings. So I imagine he might have to fight like an unranked guy. But I don't think Giannis is, is done at all. I, I think... He met someone on the night, and that fight could have gone either way. I think from the early exchanges, you were seeing that Yanez was doing pretty well, and then that yeah. one big shot just just changed it. As it does at this level of MMA, MMA you're, you're talking about fine, fine margins. Um, and so I think Yanez is young as well. I think he's only like mid-20s or something like that, Yanez. So, yeah, I, I, I think Yanez will come back. I'm sure he'll get a few more wins under his belt. And I still believe that one day he could even potentially make a run at the title. So, yeah, I think I think it's all fine for Giannis. It might be a good thing for him to have this loss now and, and kind of, you know, just reset and, mm. and, and go again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my absolutely. God, actually, I've got that completely wrong. He's 29, so not as young as I, I thought he was. But I still think he okay. can do good things. I like I like Adrian Giannis, and he's a very, very fun fighter to watch as well. 
At 170, Kevin Holland uh, versus Ponzinibbio. Um, yeah. F- fun fight. Fun fight. Kevin right. Holland was having fun, wasn't he? He was enjoying himself out there. Yeah. He he looked really good as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought he he's so long. And yeah. like he, he, I think Ponzinibbio really did struggle with um uh with the the the, the reach advantage and stuff. I, I I thought like you say, Holland looked like he was having fun in there. There's 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 some fights that um I don't know if we'll get on to talking about. And I can't think what other fight it was, but I'm so sick of hearing DC and Joe Rogan talking about fucking calf kicks. I'm just so bored of it. Why? I'm so bored of it. Because there's other stuff going on in the fight. The calf kicks in all of them fights that were on that card may have hindered them a fraction, but nobody was limping during them fights. Nobody was 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 taking like excessive damage where it was like, oh my God, how are they getting through this? They were still throwing kicks. They were still... And I just thought, calf kick, calf kick. Like, shut up. <laughs> Banging on about fucking calf kicks. Like, now when you think like... It was big in the Pereira Adesanya fight. I was wondering, they were talking about oh, Pereira landing the calf God. kick. Oh, the wall, it was, it was the it was karate hottie fight. It was just relentless. And it was like, shut up. Like, we can see, we can see, you don't have to highlight every single one. Oh, it drove me mental. Like, yeah, just... I'm, I'm not a fan of them two together as 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 commentators. It just winds me up. Uh, there's 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 better people out there. Bring Dominic Cruz in. Just wanted to get that off my chest. No, you feel better now, dear. Kicks. A little bit, yeah. Good. Like calf kicks are obviously very effective, you know, and uh, and uh, low kicks, whatever you want to call them. Like you know, but if if you if you want to get excited about that, go and watch Muay Thai. Just go and watch people like smash their shins into people's legs all day long. Like, stop banging on about calf kicks when there's so much more stuff going on in that fight that's having just as much, you know, effect on, on their opponent as a calf kick. Do you think it's that we've seen it have such massive effects in some other fights that now people get yeah, carried uh, away with it? Yeah, massively. And, yeah, I'm, I'm just bored of hearing them talk about it. I really am. I think we can move on. I just wanted to get yeah, out of no, my chest. Good, good for you, mate. Can I'm a bit tired it's, as well. It's a safe space. Safe space here, mate. Talk about what you want. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Okay. appreciate that. Um, but yeah, um, no, Holland I, I think good. Kevin Holland... Looks very good. He did. Yeah. And, I, 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 and I think at 170, um, there's, you know, hopefully there's some fun fights for him. Um, we don't want to necessarily see him with a, 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 a grappler. I don't think no, that's going to give fans together, what they want from to. Kevin. He's going to have to fight like yeah. a Neil Magny or a Sean Bray or whoever, you know, at, at some point if he keeps putting wins together. But I, I can really see Kevin Holland in that Cowboy Cerrone role. And he can just be like, yeah. I will fight four or five times a year. I'll turn yeah. up. I'll put on a good show. I will yeah. chat in the cage and make it fun for everyone. And I'll win maybe more than I lose. But I will probably remain around the kind of, I don't know, 12 to just outside the top 15 range for a large portion of my career. But maybe he'll, maybe he'll surprise us, and especially if he gets matched up in the right way. But then we all thought the Wonderboy fight might be the kind of matchup that works for him, and he couldn't quite get past Wonderboy either. So there's limits mm. to his striking as well. I mean, Wonderboy's obviously very special with his striking, but... Yeah. You know, there's there's limitations there, uh, clearly. But he, Ponzinibbio didn't really seem to have any answers for him. He couldn't, he no. couldn't get on the inside. Holland's movement, Holland... Well, Holland was kind of chasing him down for a lot of it, to be fair. Mm. The length, Pontinibio just couldn't get past it. And I was kind of thinking, if you're fighting Kevin Holland, you've got to threaten the takedown. And Pontinibio just couldn't get close enough to even try that. Yeah. And yeah, but that's what I think you've got to be doing. Even if you're predominantly a striker, you've got to at least threaten the takedown to get Holland thinking about it. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's what he does yeah. well, especially when he's in that flow state. And I, I, do, I do think... Your Magnus and your Kessas aren't necessarily good fights for him. I know that they're, they're probably in the sort of area that he's going to be looking, but I do think they're people that are going to go right. Well, look, we know he's got this huge floor in his game, and uh, yes. and I think 
them people on the peripheries like Magni and Kessa will just jump all over that. I know there was some beef in the week. Um, had Masvidal took that loss and wanted to fight again, that was a great fight. Like yeah. I think Masvidal, Holland would have been, you know. Uh, but looking at the whole hate that turned up last night, I, I think... I think I, Holland I, would I have think, had his uh, way Kevin with Holland would have done a number on it. I, I, yeah, I agree. Totally. I wonder what uh, what Michelle Pereira's up to. Is he... Uh, is he booked? Because that could be a fun fight. I heard a rumour that he was booked against Wonderboy, but I don't know if that was nonsense. Um, so, I don't know. That's. I mean, that's a fun fight. That would be a fun fight. Can't find him. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if he's booked or not, but I would, I would love to see that fight. Kevin Holland versus Michelle Pereira would be an absolute cracker. Um, Absolutely. Right, Christian Rodriguez. Um... I mean, I, I thought you know he was he was obviously put in um, uh, uh, against uh, Raul Ross Jr., uh, who is who was uh, this absolute hype train, you know, that um, smashed it on the contender series, and all of a sudden we're seeing him uh, on the main card uh, in what was his second official fight within the, you know in in the UFC, and and I think. I mean, I'm not suggesting Rodriguez is a journeyman by any by, by any stretch of it, but the calmness of Rodriguez last night, Ross, Raul Ross has come flying out and just tried to maul him right from the off, and and I think Rodriguez just had a really good game plan. He he just he just went with the pace of it, and and then what you were seeing then was was uh, Rosa starting to slow down uh, in. Uh, in in the second round, and then I, I think Rodriguez just absolutely dominated him. I, I thought he'd, he'd run out of ideas, and I think you know the, the slightly more experienced fighter that experience really shone through last night. And I think Rosa's inexperience um, really did. Uh, it, it was noticeable. And another thing as well, and I know I've just said that that inexperience shone through. From the beginning of the second round, again, Rogan and DC, all they could focus on was the inexperience of Rosas Jr. And it's like, mate, stop hating on this kid. That's like, not he's, hating you know, on him, is it? Is it not like, just saying well, the facts? Do, do you know what? But it was like, look, we know. I felt like that. I felt like to... you watched that performance. If someone said to you, oh, there's Fighter A is 18 years old. He's got loads and loads of hype behind him. He's a grappler. Um, and he's fighting a guy with not much more experience, but he's 25, so he's got, you know, it's a 25-year-old mm. against an 18-year-old. He's got a lot more experience in the gyms and, you know, fighting, mm. sparring with top guys, all that stuff. How do you see the fight going? I think it's highly likely that you could say, oh, the 18-year-old's going to come out going absolutely mental because he's on a pay-per-view card and it's a really big deal and there's loads of hype behind him and all that stuff, and he could gas himself out. And that's exactly... Mm. What happened? Mm. Yeah. The, the way I, I, he I shot he for that first have... takedown was mental. It's what he shot from like halfway across the octagon. Yeah. It was madness. I, I think... mean, he ended up getting it, so good luck to him and all that. But mm. I, he just, he wore himself out chasing that early finish, I think. You know, I, I hope that he, you know, he, he learns from that. He's so young. And uh, yeah. and, and we see him, you know, uh, get get back on their winning streak because obviously there's there's people within the organisation that have seen something really special in him. And I, I think, I don't know, throwing these kids into these sort of high-profile high events at such, you know, main card at such a young age, you know, should you be a little bit more careful with their yes. career? Should you nurture it a bit more? I don't know. Yes, I, like, I, I agree. Not... You, you, they should have been more careful and they should have nurtured him a little bit more. There's still time to do that because he's only 18 yeah. years old. How he mentally recovers from a loss like this at 18 on such a high-profile stage, I don't know. And he didn't do himself yeah. any favours, actually, because in the lead-up to this fight, I think he made some comments that he's not they're not going to age very well. And he was being asked about the fact that he's on the main card and, you know, it's only his second UFC fight or whatever it was. And there's ranked fighters in the prelims, which we've talked about. I don't like it. I think if you're a ranked fighter, you deserve to be yeah. higher in the pecking order of the card than particularly an 18-year-old that's on their second fight in the UFC. But his 
response to the comments were things like, all these people like hating on me, these other fighters that are moaning about it, they should take notes and look at what I'm doing. I'm second fight and I'm already on the main card. Look at all the hype and the buzz behind me. They should take notes. It's like, mate, you haven't, you haven't really done anything. You, you, you're, you've been given an opportunity at a really young age. Like you've, you've done well for what you're doing, but you haven't necessarily done more than loads of other people before you have done, but you've been yeah. given the opportunity. So it's not about them taking well, notes. It's about be grateful for the opportunity that you're given. And because yeah. he had the response he had and he didn't go down the humble route, I think yeah. that those comments will bite him in the ass. People will start rooting against him. And when you've made comments yeah. like that and then you suffer your loss in quite, not an embarrassing fashion, because again, he's only 18. It's, he, he can definitely come back and still have a fantastic career. But... I just think on the public stage like that, main card, pay-per-view, you take that loss, the people around you, I mean, people in the local area, mates, all that stuff, chance people might be saying stuff about him, taking a piss, any of that stuff. Mm. How is he going to bounce back? This is all going to be a big test for him mentally now. And I do think, as you said, the UFC could have done better by him by giving him maybe Mm. an easier opponent bringing people in from other organizations that he's expect very much. I think he was probably expected to win this one, but actually the guy he fought was 25 and like seven and one or something like that. So mm. not, not a pushover, but they should maybe for these young guys like that, maybe give them ones that are a bit more the Bellator style. Bellator do this. Yeah. Bellator make fights where they go, this is our guy that we want to be our guy in three years. Let's just bring in someone that we know is going to like. They we know is going to lose, and I know that UFC go well. We're the best fight and the best. We don't no easy fights here and all that stuff. But well, if you're going to take on an eight, an 18 year old guy or a 17 at the time he was signed, and he's only had seven pro fights, maybe you should change things up a bit if that's what you're going to do. Otherwise, yeah. leave them or give them a developmental deal where you say you're signed to the UFC. But what we want you to do is go and have a few fights in LFA or, I don't know, Brave Fury, whatever it is, the, the organizations that are out there. Go and have some fights in those organizations to, to build yourself up. You will come here. We'll pay your wages or half your wages or whatever it is. But you go and fight for those organizations. If you're a European guy, go, go to Cage Warriors and keep getting some wins in Cage Warriors. And in a year and a half's time, two years' time, three, four fights, Come back to us with with all that experience. Come back to us, and then we'll we'll do what we always wanted to do with you. But yeah, I kind of think it wasn't wasn't laid out particularly well for him. And the fact that that took up a space on that main card for the more casual fans that tuned in for that main card, they missed the fight of the night. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. missed Gaslam Chris Curtis, Ooh. which was absolutely fantastic. Like Kevin Gaslam, he's his jab, his one twos, his footwork, he was on fire last night and taking nothing away from Chris Curtis. He looked awesome too. Um, but Gaslam was just that much quicker. Um it felt that like Chris Curtis was probably more powerful. It felt like maybe he had the the, the edge on the power. A uh, couple of southpaws just going at it was Absolutely fantastic. Oh, I love Kelvin anyway. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Uh, and you see how much that win meant to him. Um, a decision win for those that, that, that haven't seen it. Uh, unanimous. And it was a, a fantastic fight. Absolutely fantastic. I thought he looked like the Gaslam of old. And, and yeah, I, I can't wait to see what, uh, what he's round the corner for him. Because, uh, yeah. Love him a bit, mate. Uh, really fun fighter to watch when he's in that kind of form. It was one of the best Kelvin Gastelum performances I've seen in a very, very long time. However, I think I kind of scored it for Chris Curtis. Um, really? Yeah, I mean, I was sort of getting a bit distracted, I'm not going to lie. So I maybe would have to... I'm not concerned about the decision or disappointed by the decision at all. But I kind of felt mm. like round one I gave to Gastelum. Round two was an interesting one because they had an accidental clash of heads which put mm. Curtis on the ground. And had that been a strike, I would have given it to Kelvin. But it wasn't. That was due to an accidental headbutt. So I don't think you can score that 
for Kelvin. And then he lands a couple of punches in like kind of, you know, that you know, kind of whilst he's sort of half taking his back or whatever. Then he kind of gets shrugged off over the top. And then Curtis comes back and a Kel- Curtis was ripping the body and I think landed some fantastic clean strikes, big, big strikes mm. on Kelvin. And I do feel like Kelvin was landing as well. I, I, crisp one-twos, all those things. But I think I gave round two to Curtis despite the fact that he looked like it could have been a fight in the scenario because it didn't come from a legal strike. It came from an accidental clash of heads. So for me, I, I felt like that was could have been... Down as Curtis's round. It was all very close. Um, and then round I three, do I think, think Curtis got the Curtis. more significant strikes in the second round. I'm, I'm quite sure yeah. he, by quite a lot as well. But again, the judges uh, at the time of doing it don't necessarily know that it's an accidental clash of heads, I don't think, heads, when it happens. Yeah. So when you see a fighter that's gone down in the manner that he did, and then Kelvin on top of him raining down punches you're going to give the round to Kelvin and I completely understand that but sure. we know through the commentary and through the replays that it was an illegal thing it was, not that mm. Kelvin did it on purpose it was just a clash of heads yeah, it's whatever, unintentional yeah of course yeah. but Curtis came off worse was rattled by it clearly but then still did well enough and I, and I think I gave round three to, to Curtis as well but ultimately the true winners were the fans the true winners uh, yep. you know deservedly fight of the night an absolute cracker Really, really good fight. And it was nice to see Kelvin in fine form again, which we have, I don't feel like we've really seen for a long time. He's moved over to, is it fight ready? Is that the, um, Mm. the Henry Cejudo camp? Uh, I think, uh, so yeah, he's over there doing like getting better. He's only, you forget how old Kelvin is. I mean, I, you, you think Kelvin's been around for such a long time. He's only 31 years Mate, old. Mate, absolutely. When he was the last pick on uh, The Ultimate Fighter, he was 12 years old. <laughs> right, so. Which makes the win over Uriah Hall all the more impressive. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you know what I'd like to see next? Go on. For Kelvin? Sean Strickland. Oh, hang on. Were they in... Yeah. Oh, even more so because Strickland was in Chris Curtis's corner. Hmm. Oh, I love it there. You've got some nice storylines yeah. going on. I like yeah. that a lot. Where is Strickland ranked? Because he got that great win over seventh. Evloev. He's seventh and um, Gastelum is 15. Well, Kelvin was 15. He's probably going to move 14. up because Curtis was 14. So, so maybe he moves up to 14. Derek Brunson will come out uh, of the rankings as well. I think he's retired. So yeah. Kelvin, I mean, Kelvin Gastelum against, yeah. I mean, he could take on Imovov because that fight was already booked and it didn't Mm -hmm. work out. Imovov now coming off a loss. Kelvin will be three places behind him in the rankings. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. No, it'd be good. It'd be nice to see this version of Kelvin doing... Smash Sean Strickland in his stupid face. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I I, I think Kelvin looking good and doing so well, great. It wasn't a fight that he ran away with, and it was against Chris Curtis, who's ranked 14th. So I am by no means expecting Kelvin to make a a run at the belt or even the top five necessarily. Yeah, it would have to be getting the right kind of matchups, I think. I did say that uh, it's probably the first time he's fought someone the same height as him. Um, because he's obviously not the the, the tallest in middleweight. I do wonder if there's uh, a discipline thing. Should he be a welterweight? He's very, you know, I've not got a great body, but he doesn't look like an athlete, does he? Is that rude? <laughs> so offensive. Know. So offensive. You know. I don't feel so bad about dissing DC and Rogan now about fucking calf kicks. You've just gone straight for the winner. You've just ruined his moment. He's just got back on the back on the winning wonder, winning like, streak, and had, that's wait, it. He had real, Pulled him apart. He was meant to be a welterweight, wasn't he? And then he had real trouble making the weight. And you just look at him and you go, "Why did you?" I'd just like to disassociate myself from anything Blake Harrison's saying. <laughs> the MMA podcast on my behalf is very body positive. It's not about body; it's about whether he's you know because he struggled with weight before. He missed weight loads at welterweight, but you don't look at him and go, "God, you're shredded." Like Alex Pereira, you're like. Jesus, mate, how are you making 185? And then yeah. there's other fighters where you go, how are they making whatever weight? Because they're shredded. Like, where is mm. any any fat or water coming from? Mm. But with Kelvin, 
you're like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> What? I don't know. I don't know what you mean. Tell me. A fair amount of water jiggling around. <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad way. But it's just, you know. No, no, you're being lovely. It's a really nice. It's a really nice thing. <laughs> Fucking uh, hell. I think I'm tired. Um, oh, right. Right. Let's move on quickly to uh, Michelle, uh, the karate hottie, uh, Waterson, hyphen Gomez uh, versus Penhero. Um, I scored this for uh, for the hottie. I I, I thought I she well. I thought she won that. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it was it was a close fight. Yeah, I, I was um, watching it like live, um, like kind of wanting to fall asleep, and uh, and so I didn't. I, I don't feel I was kind of scoring it as properly as I maybe should have been. Uh, but yeah. I definitely had the feeling at the end that Michelle Waterson was was on top and, and had won. I love the front kicks to the chest and to face. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, I love her style as well. I, I Maybe slightly biased, kind of like her style. But um, no, but, same. Yeah. But well, she I, was I think surprised it's quite as well. You could see her afterwards be like, wow, when uh, the judges read yeah. that she hadn't won. Um, Joe Pfeiffer. Uh, oh, go on. Did you want to carry on about no, no. Again, I just think you know when you do see. That's why we love Wonder Boy. That's why we loved Connor when he had that kind of you know karate style. It, you don't see it very often in the UFC, and so when you do, it's always a treat to see people fight like that. Uh, and the kicks off the lead leg are just always fantastic. And uh, yeah, she's she, you know absolutely fantastic, uh, Waterson. And uh, and I felt she had a a, a tough night. Uh, with the judges last night, I thought yeah. she she nicked that. But say so, you know that aside, uh, Panario um, definitely had a power advantage. She she yes. she threw she throws heavy hands. You can see that, and uh, yeah yeah solid fight that. But uh, I would disagree with the judges on that. Yeah. So you want to talk about um, Joe? Fo- Curtin, I was just Samir just, Sharp. Uh, yeah, Joe Joe Pfeiffer with a great KO in in round one on 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 Gerald Mearshart. Mm. I mean. Uh, it was a weird finish in a way because it looked like, and particularly if you were listening to DC on the commentary, like Mearshart was done. He wasn't grabbing the leg or anything. He was kind of just kind of, just kind of protecting himself, but not necessarily fighting back or anything like that. But Pythor seemed weird, to like, wasn't it? it's because I felt like Goddard was ready to step in at any moment where he just he landed. He was shouting, fight back, fight yeah, back. But it was, but, but Pythor kept stopping, didn't he? He landed a big yeah. strike. He went down, and then he would like land a strike, step back, and give him a couple of seconds to breathe. Had he just landed one, yeah. two, three, the Goddard would have stepped straight in there. Yeah. But because he landed one, then stepped back, or one, two, then stepped back, it gave Goddard pause to go. Well, well you're not finishing him. So what is? is yeah. And then he went out at no, all. He was wasn't he? out. He was, he was, but he didn't yeah. want. He didn't want the fight to continue. I think is is fair to say. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I mean. But but well done for Joe Pipo. I mean, Mearshart is one of those yeah. kind of gatekeepers to maybe maybe not quite the top fifteen, but he's certainly a guy that is good, looks good on your resume. He's very highly experienced. He's probably always floating around that kind of like fifteen to twenty range. Gerald Mearshart. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's a really good win, and we could see Joe Pipo maybe not get a ranked opponent next. But um, but the middleweight division. He's crying out for stuff. I mean, look, uh, let's just let's, let's double background on to, to Adesanya now. And, and what? where are we going from here? Because you're looking at the rankings. Let's say Pereira is now out of the rankings. Um, he, he moves up to 205. Robert Whittaker, mm-hmm. he's bought him, beat him twice. Fattori beat him twice. Cannoneer beat him once in a fight we don't never need to see again. Paolo Costa beat him emphatically. Uh, then Drickus Duplessis, okay, makes sense that maybe he's the next guy up. Is anyone really giving Drickus a chance? Absolutely not. Drickus has not looked like he's a guy that can trouble. He, he's he struggled with Darren Till. He struggled against Derek Brunson. Yes, he got the job done, but it was by no means easy fights for him. He didn't dominate. Then you've got Sean Strickland, who, you know, he's not going to cause any problems. Derek Brunson, I think, has retired now, or should be, he mentioned he wanted to retire. Roman Delice lost to Marvin Vittori recently, and there's that 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 crop of, of young middleweights that are, I don't know, even just a matter of six months ago, we were going, the new ones are coming through. 
Roman Delite is coming through. Nasadin Imovob's coming through. Oh, wait, he goes up against Strickland and gets beat. Um, Andre Muniz is coming through. Oh, wait, he got beat by Brendan Allen out of nowhere. Like, no one was expecting that to happen. Who are the guys at middleweight? Izzy's either beaten them all, or they're just kind of stumbling when they're these, these characters that maybe we're thinking of the new young crop of middleweight guys. I, I don't know, maybe you do get a guy like Joe Pfeiffer, and maybe this will actually be his undoing in the long run. You give him a ranked guy early, because this division needs a refresh. It needs something more. Mm. Um, and Izzy, you know, I, I could see him continually racking up wins against people that are quite well below him. I'd, I'd probably rather see him fight Pereira again. Because I think that's, that there's actually danger in that fight. I do think I would favour Izzy in another fight. I think this new way of attacking Pereira is the way to do it. But Pereira has got more chance of beating Izzy than Drickus Duplessis, Sean Strickland, Roman De Lidze, Jack Manson, Nasadine Imovot. Like the list goes on, man. I just no, None of them are, are, are fights that you go, oh, cool, yeah, that'd be good. Are we waiting for Hamzat? Is that what it is? I think Hamzat so. Hamzat just needs uh, one win. He that, needs that, to fight uh, Paolo Costa or someone like that. Get one mm. win and boom. Hamzat's the guy yeah. where we go, oh, there's actually some, it feels like there's some danger for Izzy here. Because anyone yeah. else that we've mentioned, I don't see where the danger comes from for Izzy. Yeah. I really don't. I hear you. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that was UFC 287. Um, I don't think there's too much more on that card that I want to talk about. I've not seen Fight Pass prelims yet. I'm going to try and catch them this afternoon. Um, was there anything else you wanted to touch on on, on uh, last night's uh, event? No, no. I thought overall it was a really fun card, a good card, and it's very exciting to hear that they are... Well, we kind of knew it already, but to get confirmation from Dana, and it's not just rumours, that UFC are hoping to be back in London for a pay-per-view event in July. That'll be very exciting. But sooner than that, April the 16th, we get to watch Arnold Allen beat Max Holloway in Kansas City <laughs> in the T-Mobile Centre. And we cannot wait. So come on, Arnold. Come on, um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back next time uh, with another episode. Thanks for all your support. Um, if you're watching it on YouTube, uh, thanks ever so much for watching and putting up with me, playing with me, I taking a selfie because uh, it went a bit wonky. And, uh, and if it's your first time listening... Go smash that back catalogue because they're all there for free. Uh, a load of them are up on uh, the archives on the YouTube channel as well. So uh, go get stuck in because you'll see that we've uh, chatted to a real who's who of the MMA community. All your favourite fighters, go and uh, catch them chats now. Either on the usual podcast platforms or on YouTube. Go get stuck in. And uh, I think we're done. I think we are. Thanks very much. Bye, guys. Bye.